Hi, I'm Tony Hines, and you're listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. Hi, this is the weekly roundup, all things affecting supply chains this week. I started off this week thinking that oil prices were going to rocket even higher than they had been in the past week. And at one point they did reach about $130 on some trading markets, but they didn't stick. And the good news is that at the end of the week that oil prices are actually down. They're around about $112 US a barrel for Brent crude and slightly lower at $110 on world markets generally. So, a bit of good news. Fuel and food prices are still going up for consumers. And I've seen some forecasts this week saying that inflation will reach around 8% generally during the year. But that seems a little understated. I think it'll be higher than that probably over the year. But I did see some figures for food inflation claiming that uh, with the increase in commodity prices, that could reach approaching 20%. But again, I think that's possibly scaremongering because I think it will be lower than that overall when we take an average. Yep, they're going to go up, but not that much, I don't think. Now, Russia's invasion of Ukraine continues. And what we're seeing this week is all types of large brands, multinational brands, big companies, all withdrawing from Russia. And I'm going to just take you through some of those brands and what's happening. Some of the big brands that have pulled out are Apple, Netflix, Zara, Jaguar Land Rover, all pausing activities in Russia while this invasion goes on. In retailing, Estee Lauder announced it will close shops that it operates in Russia and stop shipping makeup to retailers there. And the brands that they have include Michael Kors, DKMY, Clinique and Bobby Brown. They've all had a presence for 30 years. Russia was the fifth largest European retail market in 2021 and it's valued at about £337 billion. So some brands are cautious about burning bridges but uh, they may want to return at a later date if things change. So you can see that there's caution but Uh, There's no question about these brands needing to do the right thing. It's not just about reputational damage, it's about the ethics of the situation. Many luxury retailers, Burberry and Chanel, simply say they're suspending sales, so they're sitting on the fence at the moment. So they haven't gone to a full commitment of pullout, they're simply stopping sales presently. Sanctions, of course, will have limited types of payments available, and obviously with Visa and MasterCard pulling out, that certainly will damage the ability of retailers to sell products anyway. H&M's already suspended its sales in Russia, and Nike and other brands have simply said they can't guarantee supply. There'll be many more brands following suit here. Boohoo already has stopped, and the Swedish furniture giant IKEA has stopped. Levi's, Inditex, which owns Zara, all stopping sales to Russia. And then, of course, there's firms in other areas. There's big consultancy firms, the big four, as it were, KPMG, EY, PwC, all said they're closing their offices in Russia. McKinsey, too, was pulled out of any involvement. Samsung, was pulled out, Xiaomi, and of course Apple I mentioned earlier. There's some doubt over whether Samsung will close any shops or just simply stop supply. 
Apple Pay and Apple Maps no longer work in Russia. They've got limited services there. TikTok suspended live streaming. Facebook has been blocked. Other social media companies have been blocked too. BP owns a large stake in Russian energy giant Rosneft, but within days that announced the operation would be hived off. And Shell and ExxonMobil have also said their operations are going to be suspended. No new film releases in Russia. Warner Brothers said that Batman won't be available after the company suspended its film releases in that country. Netflix is a fairly new entrant, but that's suspended services too. And as we said, we've got Visa, MasterCard, American Express and PayPal all pulling out of the Russian market in protest. And the car industry we've mentioned before, Jaguar, Land Rover, General Motors, Aston Martin, Rolls-Royce, Toyota and other big brands all pulling back from Russia. And Marks and Spencer also have said that they're not going to supply clothes to the Turkish franchise that operates retail stores on behalf of M&S in Russia. And I did see in a statement yesterday that uh, they're going to generate some funds to provide aid to the humanitarian crisis. British American Tobacco too has suspended operations. So lots of big brands all pulling out. This will have a quite devastating effect on Russian consumers. They'll certainly get the message that things are not right. And Volkswagen and BMW have also had to pause production at some European plants because they lack parts from Ukraine because they just can't get the parts with the with the war. So quite a big response. There are still some companies that are sitting on the fence or deciding to operate in Russia and uh, consumers will be no doubt putting pressure on McDonald's, KFC, Burger King and Pepsi and Coca-Cola and Starbucks too. So I think all those brands will come under severe pressure. They could well be damaged in other markets if uh, they don't take appropriate action. AP Muller Musk engaged in a strategic partnership to scale green methanol production by 2025 this week. It's partnered with six companies, CIMC, Enric, European Energy Green Technology Bank, Orsted, Proman and Waste Fuel. With this production capacity, at the end of 2025, Maersk will reach well beyond the green methanol needed for the first 12 green container vessels currently on order. Henriette Halberg Thigerson is CEO of Fleet and Strategic Brands at Moller Maersk. And she said, to transition towards decarbonisation, we need a significant and timely acceleration in the production of green fuels. Green methanol is the only market-ready and scalable available solution today for shipping. Production must be increased through collaboration across the ecosystem and around the world. That's why these partnerships mark an important milestone to get the transition to green energy underway. So that's a really good move by Moller Maersk. And the geography, of course, is spread around the globe. CIMC, Enric, is in China. European Energy, North and South America. GTB, China. Orsted, North America. Proman, North America. And Waste Fuel, South America. Another interesting story coming out of uh, Maersk is that they're exploring digital slotting design solutions for warehouses. And this is taking place in uh, New Jersey in the US at a place called Florham Park. And essentially, it's making use of artificial intelligence, developing algorithms, predictive analytics, simulations and data-driven analytics added to the business models to enable 
continuously to improve supply chain processes. What this essentially does is create visibility and enables customers to compete with a faster time-to-market proposition, according to Erez Agamoni, who's Maersk's Head of Innovation and Strategic Growth for the Warehousing and Development Product. Since 2021, in Redland, California, Maersk's cross-functional innovation team collaborated with IAI Lab Technology to create customized digital applications for the slotting solution. It's an omni-channel fulfillment process and uh, it looks promising. The solution is well ahead in proof of concept process and is already tracking with 97% accuracy and they claim it will significantly improve decision making through digitization and that's according to Manuel Papatera, Maersk's warehousing and distribution head of customer implementation. So another good innovation by Maersk. Another story that caught my eye this week was about an increase in cargo theft, and particularly from Los Angeles ports. And we all know that if inventory is left lying around, it creates higher risk. But perhaps we don't always think of that risk necessarily being theft. But theft between January and September 2021, according to CargoNet, was about $45 million. That's where container theft we're particularly talking about here. So if containers are left full and they dwell much longer than expected at ports, then that risk increases. In the previous year, I think it was about $65 million worth of container theft. So you can see that's an increasing risk. So lock up your containers, or better still, get them moving. Consumer electronics is the big target for theft, of course, at port. And in Los Angeles alone in the third quarter of 2021, about $5 million worth of uh, goods were taken. Construction Enquirer reported high prices for steel, and apparently it's difficult to get forward prices beyond two weeks at present. So if you can fix your prices in this area, then I'd suggest you do it, because it looks as if prices are very dynamic at present. British Steel has put prices up by £250 a tonne on steel sections. So that's an extraordinary rise, and that was issued at the end of the week as a result of the war in Russia and Ukraine, the citing as the cause of that price hike. It told firms it'd be releasing bookings for the first two weeks of April for production up to 16th of April, but uh, no prices after that. So this creates a lot of uncertainty in the construction market for people. Steel plate for bridges has hit £1,400 a tonne, so steel rocketing. The average lead-in for steel is over 18 weeks, so this could cause severe delays for construction projects. Supply chain Brain reported this week that at least five commercial vessels have been damaged by explosions off Ukraine's coast. There are more than 140 ships with a thousand seafarers on board, and they've been trapped in Ukrainian waters since the Russian invasion began. It just shows you how precarious shipping is. They fear being hit by missiles or underwater mines in the Black Sea. Also, apparently, Ukrainian and Russian seafarers make up about 15% of the total seafarer population. I was also sent a, an interesting report this week by Toby Connick, who's uh, a sustainability consultant for textiles and plastics. And it's a report by 
you know me a research and consulting, and it's on a textile strategy for the EU. It looks at the circular economy for textile and explores the role of and requirement for extended producer responsibility and other policy measures to drive that circular economy for textiles. It's well worth a look at the uh, report from Unomia if you're involved in textiles. I'll put the link in the program notes. In the first week of March, shipping has decreased by 40% to Russian ports. It dropped by about 120 vessels for the same period a year earlier. This is according to Windward. Freight companies such as Maersk, CMA, CGM and the Mediterranean Shipping Company announced that they were halting all ships to and from Russia. So vessel volumes will become much lower in the coming weeks. And as we mentioned previously, the UK and the United States have closed their ports to Russian vessels as part of the sanctions. Russian-flagged and Russian-owned ships into the UK and the United States was about 18,300 over the past year. About 10 Russian oil and gas tankers have been shunned by UK ports following the ban on Russian ships. And Air Freight 2 is affected. It's down by about 20%, 22%. So trading volumes are going to be much lower between Russia and the rest of the world. Now, do you remember the ship... The Felicity Ace that I told you about a couple of weeks back that caught fire on its way from Emden, Germany to Davisville in Rhode Island, USA with 22 crew on board who were all safely evacuated. Well, here's a little update. The port of Emden in Germany is where Volkswagen has a large factory. The fire raged on and the lithium-ion batteries inside the electrical vehicles on board kept that fire going for some time. And when it died back, of course, and the insurers became involved looking at the damage that was done in the analysis, Volkswagen was probably the biggest loser on the volumes of cars. Apparently 3,965 vehicles were on board. VW, Porsche, Audi... Lamborghini, and of course those Bentleys that we mentioned. Porsche confirmed 1,100 of the cars were caught in the fire. It's expected to generate about $155 million in losses for Volkswagen, owner of Porsche, Audi, Lamborghini. Japan News this week reported that Sony and Honda have set up a joint company to provide electrical vehicles. It seems quite an interesting move between those two titans of Japanese industry. So, one for you to watch. Don't forget to look out for the midweek edition of the Chain Reaction Podcast, which is about supply chain careers and courses. So if you know anybody that's wanting to get into supply chain, this will be a good one for them to listen to. And if you haven't yet heard the special edition on reverse supply chains or this week's episode on redistributed manufacturing, why don't you just pop over to the site, Chain Reaction, and uh, download those on your favorite platform and have a listen. I'm sure you'll find them interesting. So that's it for the Supply Chain News Roundup for this week. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. I'll see you next time. Bye for now. tell you about the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. 
I've been researching and writing about supply chains for over 25 years. I wrote my first book on supply chain strategies in the early 2000s. Each week we have special episodes on particular topics relating to supply chains. Now we have a weekly news roundup every Saturday at 12 noon. All things impacting global supply chains in that week. So come and join us on the Chain Reaction Podcast. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Bye for now.